Hello, Van fans. Welcome to another episode of BFF's Van Life Podcast. How are you doing? Oh, it feels like ages since I've sat down to record something. Okay, so I'm back in the UK. I drove back. It all went really well and I will be discussing that today in the podcast. It's just me today, so hopefully you will enjoy my ramblings as I go along. First things first, if you listened to the last episode, episode 8, you'll remember that Catherine was looking for a new van. Well, I seem to be getting these really lovely phone calls and voicemails from people these days and have a little listen at a message that I received from Catherine. Hey Kat, guess where I am? I'm in my new van! I can't believe it. I think you must be some kind of lucky charm because I can't believe how long I was looking and then a few days after I speak to you for the podcast, I find the perfect van and I can't believe it. I'm so stoked. It's a 2014 Vauxhall Movano medium wheelbase, extra high top, which is pretty cool. And it's bright blue, which is awesome. And it was completely within my budget. Well, just. (laughs) Um, So I'm so, so happy. And I'm basically just dancing around in the back. And there's people looking at me like I'm a crazy person. (laughs) They're laughing at me. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to stop being super awkward and let you go. But I'm so excited. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye. (laughs) how about that then amazing and if you want to check out her new van it's on her instagram as i mentioned before which is van vistas on instagram i'm glad to hear that you guys enjoyed hearing about the amazing news about my mum's camper van we're still waiting for it to be delivered because of lockdown and everything but she's really excited about getting that and I'm really looking forward as I said to spending some time with her in her new van. Just to remind you that I am now a social media expert who cannot work out how to share things most of the time but I'm learning, I'm getting into the spirit of the modern world so you can find me on Instagram at VFFs underscore van life underscore podcast and you can find me on facebook as well facebook.com slash vffs van life podcast and that's a great place to keep up to date with all the incredibly exciting news about future guests and subjects and things like that and if you'd like to contact me on email you can email me at vffspodcast at gmail.com so I'm back home. I've been home since Saturday. I'm not going to lie, it has been tough. I'm going through that thing that you go through when you go travelling or you go somewhere new and then you come home and the familiarity is like really amazing for one day and then you remember all the reasons you left. (laughs) So yeah, that's really fun. Uh, I just need to adjust to being back 
on Plague Island. As you can hear, I'm in a car park as normal. <laughs> it's nice to be recording from the van. It's been ages since I've been recording from the van. Right then, so this episode is going to be all about my journey home and what I learned from my two journeys and how much I have developed as a driver. So I hope you enjoy it. There's also going to be a bonus feature on this episode, which is a cold water swim in February. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. I have just returned from a round trip to Bulgaria and back again. So this episode is going to be all about what I learned on my 4,000 mile round trip and hopefully give you guys some tips and some insights of things you can do to make a long journey easier. I did some episodes on my trip first time round, so I'm not going to talk about that so much, but I want to tell you about the route I took on the way back. My journey home was a drive south through Greece, firstly. I left the lovely um, Sue in Bulgaria. I'd gone to visit her for my last night and we heard that there was snow on the way but it hadn't been snowing and I wasn't too worried about that so um, I was like yeah no worries I'm just gonna set off so I set off south towards Greece. My drive from Sue's house to where I slept that day the weather just changed. One minute it was sunny and all of a sudden it just started snowing like crazy. I was really like, okay, I'm driving into a snowstorm. Okay, well, let's just keep going because you just got to get out now. You don't want to get snowed in because um, when I was up visiting the dog shelter, there was one night where my battery died because of the cold. So I was quite worried about that happening again. So I was like, okay, just keep going. Don't worry. And it was really tough driving conditions it was probably the toughest driving conditions I've ever experienced it was like the visibility was so low um, the snow was just absolutely hammering the van and there were a lot of trucks on the road that were like spraying like dirty icy water onto my windscreen and I really had to um, you know get my head down and concentrate on this drive but at the same time, I was really fucking calm and collected about it. So uh, I'll go into the changes later on in this episode. But I am really proud at like how I dealt with that. If that had been the first trip, I would have been an absolute mess. <laughs> so I'm really happy with my um, progress as a driver. The other thing that I have uh, got really a lot better at is being way more relaxed about where I park um, and just vibing it which is another thing I'll talk about later. So anyway, I vibed it and I was like, okay, here, I'm going to park here. So I parked next to like a car dealership because I didn't like totally stand out or anything. And then the snow was still coming down and I was just like, right, you just, you're just going to have to park here and just hope that you can get out in the morning. Funnily enough, even though it was snowing outside, it wasn't that cold inside the, the vehicle, which was really good. So um, I woke up in the morning 
and <laughs> I looked outside and I just closed the curtain again I was like oh my god like it was really heavily snowing there was a probably about at least 10 centimeters of snow all around the van and on the van it was like really dark but I got this idea in my head that I needed to get out of where I was and get somewhere that was easy to pull onto the main road just in case I got snowed in so at 6 30 in the morning in a snowstorm I thought it would be a really good idea to start driving on the road even though I couldn't see more than two meters in front of my face because of the snow the other thing I didn't realize was that my windscreen wipers had frozen so much that they didn't work anymore so when I was driving I was using the windscreen wipers and they were only clearing like the bottom 20 centimeters or so of the windscreen so I had to like hunch down and like look through the gap and be like as soon as I got on the road I was like this was a mistake I need to get off this road right now I was going at about 15 miles an hour um and there was like a trucks behind me just being like what is this person doing so um I was like right just concentrate look through the gap and just as soon as you see somewhere to pull off because I was heading towards a motorway as well and I was like I, I cannot get on that motorway so eventually like about five minutes later I saw a turning so I just turned into that and I parked there there were some other cars there but it was even worse there there seemed to be like more snow and like more danger of getting stuck there but that's just my naivety because I think actually you wouldn't get stuck there I don't know why I thought that I just had this idea that I was going to get stuck so stopped there and I was really you know concerned about the weather but because I had to get to the Greek border before the 72 hours so I had to get there within 72 hours of my negative test and I was like what am I going to do okay I'm just going to have to put on Destiny's Child <laughs> just just listen to music and just try and keep my positive mental attitude so that's what I did I just listened to Survivor that that song has got me through so much in my life right um so I was just listening to Destiny's Child and just being like yeah come on you can do this all right and I just waited for it to get light once it got light I got back on the road and the weather was a bit better and I could actually see. The other thing I did was de-ice my windscreen wipers. It took ages because there was literally like frozen, there was literally just ice all along it and it just wouldn't come off and I didn't want to like hack it off because obviously windscreen wipers are quite fragile. So I just like sprayed it with de-icer. So yeah, that was a real crazy experience, that first uh, little drive and then so I left there and then I got to um, the Greek border that morning, late morning. I then had to have a nasal swab. The woman that did the nasal swab, she was so aggressive. She was like, breathe and swallow, please. I was like, uh, breathe and swallow? I don't know how to do those two things at the same time, but I tried my best and she just shoved this thing right up into my brain and and re she really hurt me i was like oh my christ and then um i got a negative test and that was fine so then i got i was in greece and ready to rock and i've got to say that was the best 
driving that I've had the whole trip. Like it was so nice. Like the roads were in such good condition and the scenery was amazing. It was all like mountain scenery and the mountains were snowy, but the weather was gorgeous, blue sky and really sunny and warm. So it was so nice. And um, it was a lot of driving through tunnels. And whenever I came out of the other side of the tunnel, there would be like a new mountain view. So that was just like, oh, it was so nice. It was the highlight of my whole journey home. It was so beautiful. I was just constantly going like, wow, wow, wow. Look at that, look at that. It wasn't very expensive either, the tolls there. It was like, there were toll gates and um, you had to pay like maybe like one or two euros every, uh, I'm not sure how many times I paid it throughout the journey in Greece, but um, it wasn't that much. It was probably like 20 euros max. So yeah, Greece was pretty beautiful and very special. So then I got to the ferry port I took the ferry from Igumenitsa to Ancona in Italy. That was so funny getting on that ferry. The people, you know, normally when you get on a ferry, there's someone with a high-vis jacket and they're guiding you. They're giving you clear hand signals that say, this way, turn left, blah, 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 whatever. These guys were literally just screaming and shouting and waving their hands around and then looking really pissed off when you didn't understand what to do. And this caused complete chaos. The way they were loading the ferry, they were asking people to do like U-turns and, and reversing and all this, but they weren't making it clear and it was just total chaos. <laughs> it was so funny. They were just screaming and shouting. It was really hilarious this guy came right up to my van and he was like shouting like move 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 he was like pointing at his watch and stuff and I was so tired and fed up I just fixed him with like a hard stare and just like reversed really slowly I was like I'm not gonna crash my van just because you're screaming in my face so the ferry journey I had booked an airline seat. It was really quite expensive actually, but anyway, I booked this airline seat. I was really worried about sharing oxygen with so many other people. Um, it wasn't a pleasant experience. It was 15 hours on this ferry and I was just lying there with my mask on, just being like, oh my God, really don't want to get coronavirus. Like it was, it was the one time in all my travels that I did feel like, oh the risk is quite high I don't I don't think I really realized that there were loads of truck drivers on the ferry and they were all just hanging out together and they weren't socially distancing and they were just chatting away like with no masks and it yeah it wasn't good it, it really wasn't good so that was kind of rubbish then I got off the ferry and I was kind of expecting some sort of border control, but there was nothing. I just drove off the ferry and I was in the traffic all of a sudden. Yeah, I just kept on the motorway and I just drove through Italy. Um, I drove Ancona, Milan, and I was headed towards like Turin into France. That was a really expensive decision. I didn't realise how expensive the tolls would be in Italy and in France. Once I got closer to the Alps, it was really funny because I didn't plan to drive through the Alps. I didn't, 
I'd been using Google Maps to find a route and I think sometimes if you don't use it using the terrain option you don't realize like the altitude of where you're going and it was a real surprise to me when I started driving towards these like beautiful mountains I was like oh hang on a minute I looked on the Google Maps again I was like oh I'm gonna drive through the Alps that's kind of cool yeah so that was like an amazing surprise um the weather was beautiful still I was driving towards these gorgeous mountains and um I stayed in one place in Italy that was really nice it was like a camper van parking area it was in a place called Champagne they had a vending machine of like local dairy products and stuff I'm not massively into dairy but they had this like lovely looking strawberry yogurt and it was like refrigerated and I was like oh yeah so I got that and they also had this really cool little hut and you you can put in like 10 cents and press a button and get like fresh really cold sparkling water and like flat water so I did that as well and that was like amazing to have like cold fresh fizzy water it's like one of my favorite things because I'm a loser and I don't drink or do anything yeah that was so nice so that was really cool um when I got to Mont Blanc the weather just totally changed I couldn't see a thing I was really pissed off (laughs) because it cost me 60 euros to drive through a tunnel underneath Mont Blanc 60 euros when the guy said to me 60 euros it was in another snowstorm I didn't know what was going on there was snow everywhere I couldn't see the road markings I was like sorry is this for the whole of France and he just pointed at the sign that said 60 euros and I was like right just pay it and then I realized it was literally just to travel under this bloody tunnel it took about half an hour not even that like 20 minutes maximum and the weather was just horrible so I unfortunately I didn't see much of the Alps when I was driving through it it was just rainy and snowy and just like yeah it was pretty miserable so then France to Calais I mean Mont Blanc to Calais was really tough that was a slog that really was it because it is such a big massive land like when you're passing through borders you kind of feel like you're achieving something every time you pass a border but like driving through France was just kind of like oh my god is it ever gonna end also it was so expensive again if I work out how much I spent on road tolls um the main culprits being Italy and France I got to say it was like at least 400 quid like that's what really pissed me off it's like do people not deserve to just drive on good roads like why do they have to pay like 80 quid every you know however many miles just to drive on these roads I just don't understand eventually I got to Calais what can I say I did it when I arrived in Calais it was such a nice day I was driving I was like come on you're nearly there you're nearly there there was a massive rainbow over Calais and I was just like you did it you arrived so I took the channel tunnel from Calais to Folkestone in Kent it was so expensive it was 170 quid right which just boggles my mind I don't understand and it was very unpleasant it was like rocking from side to side I got to stay in my van which was nice but it was really nauseating and not very pleasant but it is what it is at the end of the day and then I got to England and it was such an amazing happy moment I was like you've done it you've got back you achieved it you did it 
it was just a real feeling of like achievement and I could see my personal development as a driver. The second journey that I did compared to the first one was so much healthier physically, mentally, spiritually. I was just totally, I knew I could do it and I felt really strong and really positive and it did get tough but I didn't let it overwhelm me. The feeling of accomplishment of over my own mind was so strong I know I can do it now like the thought of going up to Scotland now is like yeah no worries whereas I think I've said it before but like it's like before I was like oh no it's just so far and now I'm just like dude it's so not far like just go for it you know obviously not at the moment but um yeah it just feels amazing that is such a really cool feeling so I wanted to talk about some of the mistakes that I made on my first trip and what I did the second time round, which was different. Okay, so today I'm telling you guys about Fetcher Chocolates. Fetcher Chocolates is an independent, female-owned business that sells luxury, handmade, vegan chocolate. I've been eating vegan chocolate for years and nothing comes close to Fetcher chocolates. It tastes amazing and it looks beautiful. It really is the perfect gift for special occasions and something that everyone can enjoy. It's dairy, gluten and soy free, so great for allergy sufferers, but also for anyone. I mean, this chocolate is so good. You don't have to be vegan to enjoy it. There are classic flavours such as milk chocolate mousse and golden salted caramel, as well as these special Christmas flavours, gingerbread, milk chocolate orange and white chocolate candy cane. I loved the blackberry mousse bar with homemade bramble jelly and real blackberries. I'm definitely going to be getting that one again. It smelt incredible and it tasted so good. When I received my order, I was really impressed with the beautiful presentation. The colours are brown and black with a really classy gold logo and the packaging can all be recycled as paper, so no plastic in sight. Fetcher also plants trees to offset the packaging so it's an eco-friendly choice as well. When I want to buy a friend a beautiful, delicious gift, I just go to FetcherChocolates.com and I get them a gorgeous gift that they will love. Fetcher Chocolates are offering listeners of this podcast 10% off with promo code VFF. Enter promo code VFF at checkout to receive a 10% discount on your order. Yep, that's 10% off. So go on, go to FetcherChocolates.com and get that chocolate in your life. You will not regret it. Number one, negative self-talk. When I listened back to the audio of my first trip, obviously I edited it for the episodes, but it was full of negative self-talk. It was full of worry. It was full of doom and gloom. That was a massive eye-opener for me. It was it was really helpful to listen to it and be like, whoa, you need to change that. So I made really sure that I was so positive in my attitude and I did so much positive self-talk. So I really changed my internal dialogue to a really positive one, even if I wasn't feeling positive. And that was a game changer. That really did change everything. And that goes through all the things I'm going to say. I just put a positive spin on everything. Next point. I thought of the journey as a whole the first time round and it was so overwhelming to think of it that way. This time round, I took it day by day. 
every time I started to feel overwhelmed by the distance that I was going to travel, I just said to myself, just take this journey day by day. What is happening today? That is all you need to think about. That helped me so much to get perspective. I was like, tomorrow's another day, but today this is what's happening. And that was really cool because actually every day is a little bit different when you're driving. Like even though you are just driving every day, you're still doing, you know, feeling different or experiencing slightly different things. So that really helped me just to be like, this is one day, this is right now, this is what's happening today. And that's all you need to worry about. Next point, silence. When I did my journey before, I did not utilise things like podcasts and music. My engine is so loud, I can't listen to music or podcasts when I'm driving, but that doesn't mean I can't use music to regulate my moods. So for example, when I woke up in the morning, there were times where I would be feeling really anxious and really alone and unable to mentally feel good in that moment. But what I did was I put on some really calm, beautiful music and that worked so well to just snap me out of that mood and just put me in a really calm state and I could just focus on the nice feelings and the nice music and then do my breakfast and just have my coffee and just not freak out and get get ahead of myself about what's happening for that day. The other thing that I did, which I've already mentioned earlier, is I also had a playlist of like, independent woman you can do this kind of music so it's like destiny's child britney spears spice girls just something to give me some power yes girl you've got this you can do this you're not alone you know and i was dancing and like pretending to be beyonce and all that kind of thing and that really helped me so that was how i used music i also used podcasts um just to break the silence if I was making lunch or if I was having a break or whatever I would use podcasts as well. Next, relying on apps. My journey to Bulgaria, I was obsessed with Park for Night. I was checking it all the time. I was like, where can I go? That's safe. It's on Park for Night. It must be fine if it's on Park for Night. And actually, I drove miles out of my way. Sometimes when I was really tired, just to try and find these little spaces that park for night said was okay this time round so I made the decision that I wasn't going to use park for night and I was just going to vibe it like every day so every day I was just like I'm tired I need to find somewhere to sleep let's literally just find the next place I can park this van and just it'll be fine so that's what I did and that really improved my experience. I wasn't like coming off the motorway and like driving down some random countryside road or whatever and like just because Park for Night said it was a good place to park, um, like to give me some sort of illusion of safety because actually if you've listened to the episodes I had some real issues with like weirdos like approaching me for sex and I found that on Park for Night, those parking spaces. So it doesn't give you safety just because park for night says it's a safe place to park or whatever. My attitude to where I parked was completely different. I was so different. Like the first time I was like, oh, I'm really scared. If I just park here, something's going to happen. This time I was like, 
I don't care what happens. I'm just going to park here and I'm going to go to sleep. And if something happens, I'm going to deal with it. And like nothing ever did happen. So, you know, that was so good for my, you know, anxiety levels are like so much lower now about parking in, in different places. Next point, avoiding motorways. My journey to Bulgaria, I had this idea in my mind that it would be better for me in an old slow vehicle to avoid the motorways. This was one of the biggest mistakes that I made in my journey. It was such a nightmare avoiding motorways. I was driving at a slower speed and I was going through little towns and villages. I was going over speed bumps all the time lots of narrow lanes, lots of one lane roads where people, you know, couldn't overtake me and all this kind of thing. All in all, it was a nightmare. I don't know why I thought that that would be a better idea. I think it's because I had so many truck drivers up my ass on the way to Bulgaria. And funnily enough, I didn't have that on the way back. So I'm assuming they must have been Romanian truck drivers because that's how they drive there they just go right up your ass and flash the lights at you and I had so much of that on the way to Bulgaria but luckily I didn't on the way back so that's probably something to do with it next one exercising on my journey towards Bulgaria I did not exercise enough but on the way back I was like right whatever happens I am exercising every day whether that is walking around a car park on the motorway or dancing around in my van and just waving my arms around like a lunatic whatever it is I will be getting some exercise every day and that was such a game changer as well just to get the endorphins running every day and just to feel energized next one overthinking the plan for the day the first journey I did I overthought the plan. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to drive this many miles and then I'm going to stop and then I'm going to eat something and then I'm going to work out where I'm going to sleep and then I'm going to drive there. That's what I did on the way to Bulgaria. On the way back, I to- as I said earlier, I just totally vibed it. I was just like, how do I feel right now? That's what I'm going to go with. Every time I started to overthink, I just said to myself, just drive. And that's what I did. I just drove. And then when I got hungry, I stopped. When I got tired, I stopped. And when I wanted to go to sleep, I stopped. It was so much easier without all this like overthinking. Next one, being scared. On my journey towards Bulgaria, I was really scared of all the things that might happen or might go wrong. On the way back, I just didn't care. I was like, whatever happens, happens. You'll deal with it and it probably won't happen. And hey, guess what? Nothing happened I just drove and I got home and that's it and I didn't waste any energy like worrying like what was going to happen the next one this is really important on my journey to Bulgaria I didn't eat healthily enough I was eating like pasta and then having like a jar of sauce with it and I thought that that was a good option because it was easy and stuff but the difference on the way back to my state of mind I'm sure has something to do with the food because it also felt like super depressing just eating like pasta and sauce out of a jar and I realized like it doesn't have to be like that just because I'm in a van it doesn't mean that I can't cook really nice food so on the way back I've got this really gorgeous big enamel cooking pot so what I did is 
I would get a load of veggies, chop them all up, make a really nice veg stew and then cook it. It would take like half an hour or whatever. And it did use like a lot of gas because of that, but like the payoff was so good that I didn't mind. And then um, eat that and then that would last me for like three days and it was really healthy and it was really nice. And I would also eat like a lot of fresh fruit and um, that really helped me to like stay healthy. Oh yeah, and I also drank a lot of water. I made sure that I stayed hydrated. The other thing is like, I just had more of a handle on what it was gonna be like and the challenges that I was gonna face. And I didn't know that before when I set off, I didn't know what it was gonna be like, but like on the way back, I just knew like, yeah, this probably is gonna be kind of tough because it's a two week journey on your own driving. It can be tough, but like, you know you can do it and you just gotta try your best. I've learned so much and I really feel like experienced now. Even though I was really positive and I did all the right things, you know, a lot different from last time, it was still tough. Like you can't stop it from being tough. Like when you do a long journey and you're on your own and you're just in a van and it's, you know, it's cold and it's raining outside, it's difficult. You can't get away from that. But if you can keep positive and do all the things that I've said, you really fly and you'll do it. And and I promise you that it will be so much easier than like how I tried to do it the first time. That just involved a lot of crying, <laughs> as you heard. And um, I do have to tell you, I didn't cry at all on the way back. So in my mind, that is my best achievement. <laughs> okay, guys, so... I hope you enjoyed this episode. As I said, it was just me blabbing along there. Um, Hopefully that's given you some sort of insight into what it's like on a long drive and what it can be like and um, give you some tips for the next time that you go somewhere or you try your first drive or whatever. It was really brilliant to sit down and record another episode for you guys. I really hope that you're enjoying the podcast. If you have any suggestions or criticisms, keep them to yourself. No, I'm joking. If you want to get in touch with me or you want to get involved in VFF's podcast, this is a community, okay? Just email me at vffspodcast at gmail.com. Okay, guys, have a lovely day and I'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Well, there you have it. That was me blabbing all by myself. And now it's time for this episode's bonus feature, which is a cold water swim in February. Hope you enjoy it. I am sat in my van and I'm parked up at Devil's Point in Plymouth. And I'm just about to go and do my government sanctioned exercise for the day, which I have decided is going to be some cold water swimming. I am going to do some breathing exercises before I go in because my friend is obsessed with Wim Hof, who's this Dutch guy who's like the Iceman. He is well into cold water therapy. Cold water swimming is really good for depression or low mood. It gives you loads of endorphins. I've really missed it. So although it's going to be absolutely freezing, I'm really looking forward to giving it a go today. So my 
kit is a pair of neoprene shoes that have got like plastic on the bottom that's what i use to like put on my feet um and then i've got just a swimming costume i don't have uh, a wetsuit or anything gavin if you're listening this is your fault you told me about bloody vim hoff and his magical water cures why why god why okay do you think i'm over dramatic listeners oh man okay oh my god oh my god come on cat you gotta get your shit together <laughs> oh my god it's cold <laughs> Fun times, fun times. It's all going to be very fun. It's a beautiful day. I take my hat off to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't take your hat off. It's too cold for no, that. No, no. <laughs> I usually go in a wetsuit, but it's just like, oh, I can't. I did an ice bath course back in September. Did you? Yeah, a Wim Hof one. Did you? I was yeah. just talking about Wim Hof. Yeah. But they're saying, you know, a lot of people lose it because they're like, oh, oh, oh. Right. that's when you hyperventilate and that's when you go lightheaded. Yeah. Whereas if you breathe in quickly, okay. you just breathe out very slowly mm-hmm. and just control your breath. And then if you want to keep get warm, just inhale quickly twice because it warms up the lungs. You need a Victoria Cross. Oh, that's kind of you. Right. You never know. Here's, keep my fingers crossed. Give you one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Lovely to get out in the fresh air. I'm just recording a podcast. Have you been in? Yeah. Yeah? How was it? Do you mind if I come and talk to you? very invigorating yes. like it always is you never yes. regret it do you no it's lovely yeah. really lovely lovely when the sun came out do you swim uh, i normally am but i haven't been in since october oh, yeah oh, wow. so, so this, oh you've got to get in then get in yeah okay here we go, go for it. what's your name it's cat cat yes thank you Right, come on, you're nearly, you're nearly up, nearly up to your waist. Keep going in. Oh, oh, it's lovely, lovely. I can't feel anything. That was amazing. That was so good. Now I feel like I'm taking off. Yeah, now you need to get dressed really, really fast. Oh, quick as I can, quick as I can. Thank you so much, guys. You're amazing. Christ, I can't open my bloody door. There we go. Oh my lord, this is a level of cold that I have never experienced. I have to turn this heat on quickly. Oh. Oh God, I'm ill. <laughs> I tell you what, I've had a bit of a bad day today. I've had a lot of stressful things going on and this has really helped 
clear my mind of all the worries. Right then, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to end this by saying I am now no longer in pain and I'm feeling absolutely fantastic. What a rush, that was wonderful and I'm definitely gonna do it again soon. Thanks for listening to VFF's Van Life Podcast. If you wanna write to me, it's vffspodcast at gmail.com. See you in a couple of weeks.